Internet, the final frontier. These are the episodes of the podcast, Draft the Universe. It's ongoing mission to seek out new draft picks and new criteria. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. end of round one. Jafar, what are the scores? Chris has four points, Ben has four points, and I have a single point. Did, you, did you lose some? Uh, no. I, I told you to put them on a, on a rope um, around your neck, you know, like water rings mm-hmm. from Dune. I mean, one is the loneliest number, and that is how many points I have. Okay. So... I guess it's not how I would have done it. I guess, but uh, I guess that's just things now. That is exactly how you did it. You gave him that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Ben, why didn't you give him more points? Because I gave you points. <laughs> there's only there's a finite amount of points. All right. So what is the first uh, matchup in round two? <laughs> is Jafar versus Chris? Okay. So I will be judging, reaching into the pile of criteria. Number one. Which captain would you most like to serve under? And number two, which captain has the best partner or number two? Hmm. So, Jafar? I pick first. And who does number two work for? (laughs) Who does number Number two two work for? for? You show that turd, buddy. (laughs) Um... There's only one thing that comes to mind for best number two. We have a certain people that are due a comeuppance. I'm going with Captain Jack Harkness. You know that Jack wasn't Welsh himself, right? No, but who's his number two? Ah, okay. Gwen uh, Cooper. Oh, I thought Ianto was his number two. I mean, Ianto, Ianto is his, uh, definitely his special friend. But Gwen Cooper is second in command of Torchwood. Chris, which captain would you most like to serve under, and which captain has the best number two? Um, I'm going to go with Captain Cook himself, Jesse Pinkman. Okay. So, Jafar, tell me about why you would like to serve under Captain Harkness. Captain Harkness has... Um, I mean, can we get something out of the way right now? Um, both of our captains uh, have a a certain disposition towards the people around them dying violently. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that's right. You're still on season one of Breaking Bad. No, I'm in season three. I mean, so <laughs> Jesse Pinkman's girlfriend died, but I'm pretty sure that's as bad as it gets for him. You know? Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, and his buddy Combo died as well. But uh, All right, we'll just. But that wasn't really his fault. That was the fault of the drug cartel. So. It, it was a combo breaker. Oh god. <laughs> oh. 
You haven't even seen this show. You don't get to make that pun. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, besides people around them dying, um, Jack Harkness um, has brought a number of those people back to life on a handful of occasions. Sure. Um, because he lives in a universe in which that is permissible. Yeah. And, and, and easy to do. It's true. <laughs> is when it comes to uh, having a captain that you are serving under, that you are serving with, uh, Captain Jack Harkness is incredibly qualified. Um, he has led or been a part of leading an um, enormous number of talented people over the years, over his infinite lifespan. At least 100,000 years of that are as a giant fucking head. <laughs> it's true. That's Maybe. Not Torchwood. Maybe. I'm still not sold on the whole face of Bo is Jack Harkness thing. I, They don't... It's too weird, man. It's it's too weird. They never say, "Oh, hi there, Jack Harkness." That's true. Yeah. But like they basically walk you to the front door. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It never sat right with me, to be perfectly honest. Um regardless, um Captain Jack Harkness has proved himself a capable leader um helping fend off countless invasions of Earth. Um, traveling with multiple doctors on multiple occasions, um, doing all kinds of time travel, correcting history, saving the past, saving the future, and saving Earth. And trying to destroy Starling City. And trying to destroy Starling <laughs> City, uh, which I wasn't going to get into, but hey, if I get it, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm just saying, if he lives infinitely and through time and time and time, Every single role that uh, John Barrowman has played is Jack Harkness. <laughs> Head cannon accepted. Okay. All right. So, Chris, why would you like to serve Jesse Pinkman? Um, I mean, Jesse Pinkman knows how to hang, right? He's uh, new money, which means that he has no qualms about spending it on really stupid shit. Mm -hmm. um, so... Hey, you ever want to blow, you know, $50,000 on Taco Bell? Jesse Pinkman's your guy. <laughs> That's so much taco. <laughs> I am firmly under the belief that they do not have $50,000 worth of product in a Taco Bell. That's, that's a logistical challenge, I'll agree, but Jesse Pinkman is used to uh, obtaining massive amounts of normally uh, limited quantity items, like Sudafed, in order to make his uh, <laughs> premium quality chili pea meth. Um, and that's, of course, before he meets um, Mr. White, uh, his perennial business partner. Um, uh, a, a couple of other excellent facts about Jesse Pinkman. He was a drummer in a band called Twat Hammer. Um, that's so just, like, I, I hate every part of that. <laughs> he's uh, an expert chemist, despite having not graduated high school. Um, very skilled in the art of disposing of bodies. Um, so I'm just saying is like, wherever your night is headed, Jesse Pinkman, A, has the money for it, and B, has the connections to get you out of jail after it. Uh, I know for me, uh, having a, uh, a timeless captain is better than a meth-addicted captain. He's not meth-addicted anymore. And I'm certain that he never does any meth ever again. Again, can't stress enough that I've only seen two-thirds of this show. 
I'm, I'm giving this one to Jeff Fair. Okay. Although I will again stress, I've only ever watched Torchwood, never Doctor Who. I mean, eh. <laughs> most of Jack Harkness exists in Torchwood. There's more Torchwood with Jack Harkness than there is Doctor Who. Yeah. And that's even if you take out that terrible stars season. <coughs> okay. Man, Torchwood, man. Like, there's like one of one of the first episodes, and I, I you'll have to you'll have to remind me if it was the exact if it was the first episode. But one of the first episodes of Torchwood is they have to catch an alien that is killing people by having sex with them. I think it's like the second or third episode. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like they could not wait to prove just how much they were not Doctor Who. <laughs> It's, it's like, hey, we're so edgy, guys. <laughs> we're so edgy. You know all those things that you never saw in Doctor Who before? Like gay people and aliens that have sex and... The Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, Chris, why does uh, Jesse Pinkman have the best number two? Um, because Jesse Pinkman's number two is a number one. Jesse Pinkman's partner in crime is Mr. White, a.k.a. Heisenberg, a man who starts off as a uh, cancer-ridden high school teacher, um, but very quickly becomes one of the most important people in the meth uh, uh, industry. Um, he creates a chemically pure product. Uh, he is, of course, a libertarian. He believes that people uh, have the right to do what they ought to, or that. He believes that people have the right to do what they want to do if they're consenting adults. And his concern is that they have a chemically pure meth in which to, uh, to lose themselves so that they don't have to worry about getting heavy metal poisoning while they're poisoning themselves in a much regular way. So. All right, Andrew Fair, try and sell me on your captain's number two. So Ianto is in it. <laughs> oh no, you don't. <laughs> no, I'm, again, it, it, I'm, it will show up as as noise if we lean on this table. It always does. Okay, we can't lean on the table. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really though. Um, okay, so I know we give Gwen Cooper a lot of shit here on this podcast <laughs> and also in our personal <laughs> lives, um, but Gwen Cooper goes from a police detective who is none the wiser about the real nature of the world to active defender of the earth in like three episodes. Um, she is a strong female character who clearly uh, just has no need for her husband whatsoever, which is a rarity, especially in the uh, mid-2000s when Torchwood was out. That has become more of a thing lately, thank God. But back then, that was very pioneering. Um, she is an interesting character who is constantly torn between trying to have a family life and a personal life outside of saving the world, juxtaposed against Jack Harkness's This Is Literally All He Does. Wow. Torchwood and Breaking Bad are very similar. Right? <laughs> um, so I think we... I, I know it's easy to hate on Gwen Cooper because her accent is a bit much. Oh, I hate her because she's a garbage person, not because <laughs> of her accent. I love the Welsh. <laughs> uh, but I think she is a, a, a strong character who 
maybe deserves a little bit more respect from us as a podcast. You're wrong. I'm giving this point to Chris. That's... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, going to the tiebreaker. Your captains are both at a bar with Captain Malcolm Reynolds, who is his new best friend. Oh, it's got to be Jack Harkness. Just They have the same coat. They've got the same coat. Uh, they both have a very strong sense of bravado and a flair for the dramatic, while also acknowledging that they are both a bit of pranksters. I think that the two of them get together and pull a prank on whichever respective cl- crew they come up with the better idea for while drunk, and just have a grand old time pulling a silly prank. Um, I think that Mal Reynolds and Jack Harkness in the same room is too many chefs. Um, They are both too big in their britches for the either one. (laughs) I think that um, Mal Reynolds, his crew, tells the story of people who are um, uh, misfits with sordid pasts who are trying to make a new start on life and... uh, are, are are there out of this weird combination of, like, necessity but also loyalty. Uh, and I think that Jesse Pinkman, after the events of Breaking Bad, which I'm uh, I'm sure he makes it through perfectly and is not dead, um, he's probably in better shape even the next couple of episodes. Probably something great will happen to him. Um, <clears throat> I think that he, uh, he finds himself in an asteroid bar someplace, runs into Malcolm Reynolds and becomes a part of the crew not just a uh, partner for one. I think they get together and bond over their mutual love of suspenders, so I'm giving this one to uh, Captain Jack. All right, that is a victory for me, giving me two points and Chris one. Chris is in the lead with five, Ben has four, and I have three points. Next up is Ben versus Jaffer. Worst captain ever. Your answer must begin with, like, oh my god. You've encountered an implacable enemy. How does your captain bend them to their will? All right, I'm going to go with my girl, Jing Shi. All right, I'm really wishing that I had drafted Captain Ginyu right now, because these criteria are custom-made for him, and I wrote neither of them. Uh, But instead, I'm going to have to go riding solo. He's, He's on solo. He's on... Xbox, Connect, yeah. Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm solo, Han Solo, Han Solo, yeah. Han, Han Solo is, a, is who I'm taking. Okay. Oh, boy. That did not land. All right. I, that, <laughs> what is, is, that is like that, what was that skiing event we were watching at the Olympics <laughs> where it's the high jump flips and then they all land on their ass afterwards yeah. and just wipe out miserably? That was that joke. I just don't know what the Xbox Connect is. Oh, it was like a motion capture, then they had a, a thing where you dance It's like to... a Star Wars dancing game. Yeah. Have, you, have, st- you, have st- you honestly not seen any of this? I'm... It's worth seeing. Ben, you go first. So, like, Xing Shi is, like, the worst captain. Hold on a second. You gotta, you, it, uh... <laughs> I wasn't going to stop him. Oh, okay. we, need to, we need to stick to the rules, Ben. All right. How does it need to start? Like, oh my god. All right. Like, oh my god. Jing Shi is, like, the worst captain. Like, we used to just go out and plunder trade ships, but now we've got, like, 
a hierarchy, and, like, I don't get to keep all my plunder. I have to give it to, like, this cop troller asshole, and he, like, pays for everybody, which is nice when we don't get anything, but, like, I killed those guys and stole their fish fair and square. Why does it need to get redistributed so that we keep a, a functioning flotilla? I want all my fish. And, like, I stabbed all those Portuguese guys, and then, like, I don't even get any credit for it. It's like, what? All right, and then, like, I'm not allowed to, like, attack villages anymore because, like, they can protect us from the authorities. But killing villagers is, like, so easy. Like, have you ever killed a villager? They just, like, throw themselves on my spears. It's like, come on. And then, like, whenever we uh, question her orders, like, they just kill us. They just kill us. And it's like, I did not become a pirate for a corporate structure, okay? Like, oh my god. You have a very unique opportunity, Jafar. You can not answer this question, give him the point, and then he's the only person to have ever had to do that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I could. But, like, oh my god. Han Solo <laughs> is, like... This guy, and he's so old, and I'm just here, like, I was a stormtrooper, like, a week ago, and he just is, like, going to jump in, and we're going to, like, warp behind their shields? Like, how does that even make sense? You still have to go through them. And then we get to this planet, and he's like, oh, throw him down the trash chute, because he thinks he's fucking clever. And then we go through, and what happens? He gets fucking stabbed by his son. Are you serious? Oh my god. How are we going to get off this planet now? Spoiler uh, alerts to... A movie that came out two and a half years ago? Yeah, I mean... It, it, it's past the six month. Yeah. Uh, also, it's Star Wars, it's hyperspace, not warp. Yeah. But saying <laughs> hyperspace in that is way harder than saying warp. I understand. And also, I mean, you get it wrong. That's kind of the thing. I, I feel like it fits with the character oh, I was building. Does. To get it wrong. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I'm it was it was an interesting. It was, it was a creative choice. choice. Yeah. Oh, can I just flip a coin for this one? I don't want to be the person who makes the decision on it. Nope, you like, got to do your job. Like Ben's captain sounds like legitimately the worst. Your captain is like humble brag the worst. <laughs> I wrote this question. And I don't even know how to judge it. Oh wait, oh wait. Are we retrieving the, the coin? coin. I'm just going to let you know, Xingxi would never go for this. Like, oh my god. Like, oh my god, Han Solo would totally be down for this. <laughs> this is his thing. Okay. Ben calls it in the air. Like, heads. <clears throat> what is a bell in the moon? We'll flip it on the other side. Oh, that's a head. Okay, Han Solo wins this one. That's, like, bullshit. And Jingxi will find you and, like, kill you and stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I had never written that criteria. I'm, like, so happy that you did. <laughs> like, gag me with a spoon. Okay. You've encountered an implacable enemy. How does your captain bend them to their will? Do not continue using these voices. 
by trying to convince them that they can turn around their life and letting them stab you so that your BFF can shoot them with a fucking bowcaster. Hold on a second. Is the crux of both of your arguments for this that he gets stabbed by his son? It's a big moment in his life. <laughs> Granted. <laughs> okay. No, uh, in seriousness, <laughs> um, Han Solo is the guy who, who is tries vo- who to... Who was voted most stabbable by his son in high school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad taste. Um, anyways, uh, Han Solo's whole thing is like, oh no, we're fine on here. We're fine. How are you? And he fucks it up every time. So he's like trying. He's like the worst rogue. He's just like cannot pass a bluff check or a uh, diplomacy check to save his life. Literally. Um, yeah. He's like a charisma dump stat rogue. Yeah. And it's just, he just never bothered with skills because he's like, oh, my charisma score is high enough where I don't need to put points in this shit. And so he just fakes it the whole time and it always fails on him. And then he just relies on bravado to carry him through. So that's what he does, is he tries some bullshit, it doesn't work, and he bravados his way through so that Chewie can save his ass, because that's what happens every time. Got you. Having a Wookiee in your corner is not a bad uh, not a bad deal. I agree. Ben, let the Wookiee win. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Zhengxi le- leads a gigantic pirate fleet. Starts sailing in through the coast, raiding important cities to the point where she's defeated the the commander the uh, the emperor has sent after her, and they have to bring in a bunch of British uh, warships to try and take her down because they just can't. And what she does is she just captures the the Chinese commander and says, "Wouldn't it just be easier if we just stopped?" He's like, "What? Yeah, like." Amnesty for everybody. I just retire. How about that? He's like, no, we, we've got the British warships. We've, we've come here to kill you. And so she escapes, says, see, we can keep this going, or you can just let me retire. And the guy finally is like, okay. And she stops being a pirate, opens a uh, floating gambling house brothel, and retires after being the most wanted pirate in the uh, uh, in China, she didn't hide. She didn't change her name. She opened a business. In the battle of uh, gets stabbed by his son and saved by well, not saved by a Wookie. Avenged. Avenged by a Wookie. Um, versus uh, convinces an empire to stand down and let them run a casino. Uh, slash brothel. Slash brothel. Um, I think the Lando Calrissian of real life wins, right? It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Lando wins. I'm down. <clears throat> God, Donald Glover looks good as Lando. Right. right. So that's. Uh, I really hope that that doesn't get fucked up. That brings um, us to a. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to the tiebreaker. I guess let's uh, reach in to this uh, pile of sand and. Scraps of paper. Best captain ever. Your answer must also begin with, like, oh my god. Like, 
oh my god, this is the best. Like, it used to be we just went around and plundered and took whatever, but, like, if your boat's breaking down and you can't catch a ship, how can you afford to fix your ship? But now, like, we give all of our money to, like, a central comptroller guy, and then, like, he fixes everything. And then, like, it used to be, like, you just went and killed villagers, and, like, killing villagers is so easy, it's, like, not even fun anymore. And they're, like, no, don't kill villagers. Like, give them, like, food and shit, and then, like, they will hide you from the authorities. And it's, like, wow, why did we never think of this anymore? Like, oh, my God. And then, like, you're not allowed to, like, question Xingxi, but that means, like, all these ma uh, misogynist assholes just, like, get their heads cut off, and everybody's just, like, she cut off that asshole's head. She probably knows what she's doing. And then, like, everybody's sacking a lot more ships and, like, raiding bigger towns. So, like, she really does know what she's doing. It's like, whoa, we're, like, gagging China with a spoon. You managed to work in comptrollers and gagging somebody with a spoon into both versions of this. My dad's a comptroller, asshole. Is he? Is he? No. In real life, no. Okay. <laughs> His dad's retired. Okay. I had no idea. Like, he knows the mayor, so you better let me go. Valley Girl Pirates. <laughs> So somebody, 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 please tweet at us that th this movie has happened already. Um, a Valley Girl pirate film. Man, I just think of the time Jay and I were at that diner, and literally the mayor of the town's son was there smoking pot in the middle of a Denny's at like two o'clock in the morning. And when the waitress told him to knock it off, he literally was like, "My dad's the mayor. Fuck off." Did they call the cops on him? Yeah, they did. I saw him get arrested. It was great. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> he should have known. At Denny's, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> he was never charged. It was never in the news. Anyways. That's bullshit. Jafer. Like, oh my god. So, there's this guy, and he is the most dashing captain. Like, I'm captive on this giant thing, and I've got this old guy, and this guy who kind of looks at me like I'm his daughter, but not really, and it's weird. And they're just like, we're going to blow up your home planet. And it sucked. And then this dude comes in with these other guys, and they totally save me. And then I think, oh, he's just in this for the money, whatever. And he totally bails. And I'm like, screw this guy. But then, like, when my, like, guy that I've kind of got a crush on, but don't tell anybody because I think it's kind of weird, comes in and, like, save the day, he, like, comes in and he just shows up and he totally shoots the creepy guy who looked at me like I was his daughter and, like, just saved everyone. And if it wasn't for him, we'd all be dead. Oh, my God. He is the coolest, best captain ever. Part of me just finds the idea of Valley Girl Princess Leia just... It should be terribly so offensive. mentally repugnant. <laughs> right? But Carrie really... Fisher will stab me in my sleep tonight. She, her, her ghost is giving you the finger from oh, yeah. heaven right now. I feel it. But... I feel the scar. I also feel like she would appreciate what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, hope so. I think that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning with, like, a, a severed horse head covered in glitter next to you. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's going to be difficult to explain to the wife. <clears throat> I mean, would it be fair to settle it with a gun? 
No, you have to make a goddamn decision. Like, oh my god, Chris. He'll pick one of us eventually. It's fine. Just let him go. It's okay. You no. don't have to force his hand. No, That's I... so piratey of you. Oh my god. Every time you're like, I'm just going to come in here and do what I want. Because I don't give a fuck about authority. Just You are such a princess. Just let them decide, okay? It's a democratic process. It's his decision to make. Just let it happen. I have to get to the regatta. God. That's a, a, a sailing thing. Okay. I don't know if we're hurting or helping. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I'm afraid I have to go with my gut on this one. Best captain ever. Like, 12-year-old me would kill me if I didn't give it to Han Solo. It's <laughs> fucking bullshit. It's just because you didn't know who Xing Shi was. She's awesome. I'm sure. All right. So, damn it. No, I have to stop. All right. We've got one match left before the finals. I still hear a couple hints of that in there. We've um, got one match left before the finals, and like, all three of us are tied at five points. Like, oh my god, a tie? It is Ben versus Chris. I will reach into the sandy pile. All right. Your captain is now lost in time and space with their ship and crew. Who gets them home faster? Is the first criteria. And the second criteria of the last match before the finals. Whose captain would make the best DM briefly describe their campaign? I don't want their campaign to be their ship gets lost in time and space. <laughs> huh. All right, Chris, you pick first. I'm going to go with the Amelia Earhart of the 1840s, Sir John Franklin. And I'm going to go with the greatest pirate of the golden age of piracy, second best pirate ever after Shang-Chi, Bartholomew Black Bart Roberts. All right. Chris, your captain is now lost in time and space with their ship and crew. Who gets them home faster? Uh, so, Sir John Franklin and his uh, uh, two uh, captains, uh, Francis Crozier and James Fitzjames, set sail from England uh, on May 19th of 1845. They have never been seen or heard from since. Um, I'm, I'm exaggerating. They were seen moored to an uh, iceberg a couple of months later. But once they left that iceberg, they haven't been seen since. Um, so, I'm going to argue, essentially, that they are still lost in time and space. But they could come back. It's, it's still open for interpretation. Okay. okay. Uh, ben? So, Bartholomew Roberts was not a guy who wanted to be a pirate. He was on a ship that got captured by pirates and impressed <laughs> into service. Two weeks later, their captain dies on that pirate ship, and he is elected captain... Because he was an awesome navigator and just a kick-ass dude. He went from two weeks, not being a pirate, no interest in piracy, to the best pirate ever. In two weeks. Second best pirate ever. Well, in the golden age of piracy. Okay. Atlantic pirates. Oh, hold on. Uh, yeah. 
Yep, they're all dead. All dead? They're all dead. Okay. They found both the ships like three years ago. O- okay. Um, well, on the actually getting lost in time and space and not making it out, uh, I guess we got to give it to Ben. But you've got a chance to come back. Whose captain would make the best DM? Briefly describe their campaign. Ben? Okay. So, uh, I need to find the quote. Uh, the, the quote that is often used to personify Golden Age of Piracy pirates is a Bart Roberts quote. A short and a merry life shall be my motto. His campaign is a party of all rogues. How much fun can you have before the consequences catch you? <laughs> I'd play that game. <laughs> How many taverns can you destroy? How many keeps can you plunder? How many uh, uh, maidens can you bewitch? How many uh, uh, enemies can you sneak away from? And how many backs can you stab? Before it's coming for you. But you're going to live more life in those seven sessions than you would in a two-year-long campaign. Sure. Okay. Chris? Um, I mean, first, first off, just so that I don't lose track of it, uh, two-year-long campaign, uh, three-year-long campaign for reals. Sir John Franklin probably died in three years after he set out. Um, <clears throat> let me give you a very brief synopsis of the life of Sir John Franklin. He was born in 1786, uh, but the first thing of note that he does uh, is an expedition overland from Hudson Bay uh, into the Arctic of Canada. Um, He lost 11 of the 20 men in his party, and the survivors were forced to eat the leather off of their boots. Um, He earned the nickname of the man who ate his boots because of this. Uh, He returned to England uh, and was somehow deemed competent enough after losing more than half of his initial Arctic expedition to be sent again, uh, after which he was awarded the lieutenant governorship of Van Diemen's Land, which is Tasmania. Um, He lost that because of some uh, political controversy. He returned to England uh, and was selected not as the first pick, but as the fifth pick for a, 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 a journey to find the Northwest Passage by Sir John Ross. Um, uh, the two captains who served under him were chosen at second and third, respectively. Uh, so Franklin wasn't even the top pick of the captains in his expedition to go to the Northwest Passage, which should probably make it no surprise that uh, he died two years into the expedition uh, and the entire expedition vanished into the Northwest Passage, never to be heard or found of, eh, never to be heard of, never to be heard of nor seen again, except, wait, they were heard of and seen again by Inuit people who said that, yeah, definitely they ate each other. I actually have a little bit of information. The reason he got uh, sent back was he was doing some cartography and showed the governor his map of Tasmania. (laughs) 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 ben you're pandering to me with an amanda palmer reference will always serve you well uh so 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 john franklin uh he's not the greatest captain ever 
Um, you might you might even argue that he was pretty poor as a captain. Um, I mean, when you factor in uh, the people from that first expedition and the uh, second expedition, his uh, casualty rate for Arctic expeditions was somewhere near 99%. Um, <laughs> uh, and, I mean, there, there was a definite... Uh, a definite, um, that's what I'm looking for. There was a definite progression from eating leather boots on the first expedition, uh, to eating people. Although it's not proven that him himself, he probably died before they had started eating people. Um, but yeah, so he, he was probably without a doubt the worst captain you've ever seen. And as a dungeon master, I think that he knows exactly how to uh how to fuck over a party and if there's anything that uh, i appreciate in um, a dungeons and dragons campaign it's a good challenge and uh, a man who literally uh fought and failed challenges in his entire life is uh gonna make an excellent campaign okay ben last word quick rebuttal in the words of another captain who if i had known we weren't just doing boat captains i might have picked the star captain taranga Leela. The only thing that crew did better than us is suck and die. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm looking at who would make the best DM. I see a pattern in uh, Franklin that. Franklin, right? Yeah. Sir, okay. Sir John Franklin. Yeah, okay, cool. I love I th- total party kills. Well, it's not just total party <laughs> kills. Um, it's not finishing a campaign is the number one death knell of a bad DM. The secret is that Sir John Franklin isn't running Dungeons and Dragons. He's running Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> well, I guess the question doesn't specify. Um, that it, that is a bad Dungeons and Dragons campaign, but a great Call of Cthulhu game. Oh, uh, now, now I don't know. I think you can now guess which one of the parties involved in this debate ran a D&D campaign and which one ran a uh, Call oh, of Cthulhu Considering campaign. I played in both of them, <laughs> I already knew. Um, yeah. No, I mean, the endless nightmare hellscape of being trapped in the Arctic as natives watch you eat your buddies sounds just terrible enough where, now that I know that we're playing Call of Cthulhu over here, <laughs> I guess I have to give you the point, Chris. Ah. Uh. Sir John Franklin failed his way into being the most famous uh, uh, Arctic explorer of all time, probably. (laughs) All right. which Well, it's a short and a merry campaign. Brings us to the final criteria. (laughs) Your captain is shipwrecked. Which captain survives longer before rescue or cannibalism? Chris, you've got two years. Ben, let's hear your argument. Well... We don't know at what point they got wrecked and how quickly they resorted to cannibalism over there. I can review the evidence. Uh, <laughs> my big uh, boon for, for my captain, Bartholomew Roberts, is he's not in the Arctic. He's sailing around northern Africa and the Caribbean. So he is in established shipping lanes, and he's in places where you don't freeze to death where there is things alive that you can eat. Where there is flora, there is fauna, 
and there are the animals that, uh, and the fish, and the birds. You can live on an island. You can't live on a glacier. Okay. That's... Well, here's, here's the thing, though, is that um, for at least two years, they did. And if we're going to take this uh, into the Caribbean, I'm going to say that Sir John Franklin never fucking shipwrecks at all. The ice is a terrible enemy. Um, but this question doesn't specify that we're shipwrecked in the theater of our original uh, operations. Uh, so I would calmly and quietly invite you to come into the Arctic with me and see who lasts longer. All of your flimsy pirate clothes, I think, will be pretty cold. I'm going to sail to Brazil with Black Bart. <laughs> this is a gimme, Chris. I'm not, it's a luck of the draw. Uh, your, your guys literally shipwrecked and resorted to cannibalism. There's actually... Um, it's, it's fine, because it doesn't matter that Ben wins. Yeah. You're both in the finals. <laughs> uh, you both won one, which meant that this had no bearing except for who picked first. Which will be Ben, as he takes the victory. Right. And two points, and you get one. Ben's at seven, Chris is at six, I am at five. And here we are at the finals. It is Ben versus Chris. Ben, you'll be picking first. All right. The first criteria... Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Your captains are in a drinking contest. Who is left standing? The second criteria, mutiny. What happens that forces your crew to overthrow the captain and how does your captain win them back? I'm going with the captain, my captain, Abraham Lincoln. Whew. All right. <laughs> I feel like you've got a strong second criteria. I'm going with Captain Crunch. <laughs> Yo-ho-ho, in a bottle of rum, your captains are in a drinking contest. Who is left standing? Ben, what are you drinking? I'm drinking corn whiskey. Okay, Chris, because... what are you drinking? I'm drinking milk. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. All right. How much corn whiskey you got? Abraham Lincoln is a six foot four, 180 pound rail splitting man. You think when he's studying law in Illinois, he's not putting back a few after his bar exam? You think when he's winning uh, wrestling championships... Uh, as uh, a Hall of Fame wrestler, he isn't able to put back a few? You think when he is uh, writing anonymous letters to the editor, the uh, 1840s version of shitposting, he hasn't put a few uh, uh, shots of corn whiskey away first? Abraham Lincoln could drink. And... He was big enough that he would be able to keep it going with it, with uh, with his body mass. Hmm. Uh, do you happen to remember where Abraham Lincoln grew up? In Kentucky? No. Knob Creek. Well, there you go. Hmm. Interesting. 
so there is a, uh, a, a commercial. So there's a commercial that I'm pretty uh, confident that neither of you guys have seen, um, where in order to prove that Cap'n Crunch, the cereal, doesn't lose its crunch even in milk, they drain Lake Michigan and fill it with milk. They then tie Cap'n Crunch to the tiller of his own ship with a bowl of cereal, and they, what I can only describe is they attempt to drown him in milk. They keel haul the captain? They keel haul the captain in milk. They, uh, they, uh, they, they put him down, and they wait a pretty long time before pulling him back up. Uh, and he's fine. You want to know why that is? Because he's not lactose intolerant? That would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> it's because Cap'n Crunch has corn for crunch, oats for punch, and it stays crunchy, even in milk. In other words, the Cap'n doesn't get soggy, ever. Even his innards, when he's drank a ton of milk as he's drowning in Lake Michigan filled with milk. Okay. Um, <laughs> shit, can I flip the coin? <laughs> um, I don't know what to go here. Um, I, Abe Lincoln, I mean, all it takes is a cursory Google search to know that Abe Lincoln was an alcoholic, apparently. Uh, but he had his demons. He never, he never survived drowning himself in corn whiskey. Oh, uh, the captain! The captain did not consent to this. <laughs> it was bizarre. It was like, "Hey, why am I tied up here on the tiller?" And then this other dude is just like, "Well, we gotta test this thing, captain." <laughs> and then they lower him into the milk, and he's protesting. It's, it's, it's so it's, weird. It's it's really fucking grim. <laughs> but but he does survive. But he, we don't um, know how much he drank. Uh, that's fair. He was under for quite some time. I mean, the the supernatural ability to drink outweighs any mortal man. I'm gonna give it to Chris. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright, Ben. Mutiny. What happens that forces your crew to overthrow their captain? And how does your captain win them back? Chris? Um... I mean, ignoring the uh, patent absurdity of the question at first, because good old Alfie, Brunhilda, Carlisle, and Dave would never mutiny. Uh, you just <laughs> listed off a scenario where they keel-hauled their own captain. Oh, no, they didn't. It was some weird guy. It was like an... It might have been like an agent of Jean Lafoot or somebody. We call him Mutiny Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a character added in the, uh, in the, the late 80s. Um, people just didn't... They didn't get it. You know, the commercials got really grim with the captain consistently being tortured and waterboarded with milk and... Uh, um, <clears throat> how does the captain deal with mutiny? The way he deals with every other problem. How do you wake your crew up in the morning when they're sleeping too hard? Uh, and that's the very first Captain Crunch commercial ever. Um, Jesus Christ, Chris. <laughs> you pour yourself a bowl of uh, Cap'n Crunch and the entire crew 
plus apparently the uh, 100 plus uh, stowaways you had in the crunch hold. Um, <laughs> they come up and they eat breakfast. So I think that the Cap Captain Crunch, he has his best uh, his best resource for dealing with mutiny is that he has an unlimited supply of Captain Crunch, um, which by proxy means that he has um, also, uh, I would say maybe the majority of the profits of Quaker <laughs> um, of Quaker cereals. Um, so he's he's filthy rich, and he's loaded with um, delicious bits of uh corn oat crisps all right ben the civil war ben gets the point <laughs> all right <laughs> all i'm saying is how much quicker do you think the civil war would have been uh over if abraham lincoln had been able to offer the south infinite cap and crunch cereal This mission's gone as pear-shaped as possible, and you've been left behind. Whose captain is more likely to turn the ship around and rescue you? Ben? Abraham Lincoln does everything from a sense of loyalty. Loyalty to his common man. Loyalty to his country. And I believe that Abraham Lincoln would not rest until everyone is safe ashore. Can we save that and do a bit where you just say Civil War and pass it off to Chris and then do that as your rebuttal? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Is that, can we, is that no. allowed? <laughs> Civil War. <laughs> <clears throat> so far be it for me to stand up here, sit down here rather, um, and speak into this microphone. Any words of, of consternation or doubt about Abraham Lincoln? I think that in his heart of hearts, he is the man who brought the union together. He is certainly the man who can bring one person back. Except for one fact, and that is at the start of this round, he drank a shit ton of corn whiskey, and Captain Crunch only drank milk, and who do you want captaining a vessel? A drunk or a, or a slightly uh, foul-smelling person. All I can say is Captain Crunch has a hold full of Captain Crunch, and it needs to get delivered, because as awful as Captain Crunch is to the roof of your mouth, if you've ever had stale Captain Crunch, it goes right into your brain. <laughs> he can't turn around for anything. Ugh, stale Captain Crunch. It's got a shelf life, my friends. You know what doesn't have a shelf life? Freedom. <laughs> As Abraham Lincoln once said, if you are a racist, I will attack you with front with the north. <laughs> That was just for you, Chris, because I know you love The Office. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Um, oh, <laughs> Captain, okay, to address, to address uh, Ben's, um, Ben's concern, uh, Captain Crunch has infinite Captain Crunch cereal. He doesn't have to worry about it going stale. He can feed it to his buddy, the whale. <laughs> that whale eats so much Captain Crunch that 
they probably, uh, whenever they need to clear the hold at all, they just call him up. Um, hold on a second. Let me make sure that I, it's Wilma the Whale, sorry. Um, so yeah, they call up Wilma the Whale. They're like, hey, we got to go save this one person left behind and Abraham Lincoln's too drunk to do it. You eat all this Cap'n Crunch. We'll be right back. It's got to go to Abe. Motherfucker. <laughs> freedom. Uh, all right. Ben wins the finals and a victory, earning him three points to our overall standings. Chris, you take second and we'll pick our next topic. Oh, I'm just so salty. I'm not soggy, though. I'm never <laughs> fucking soggy. I hope you guys know that. <laughs> Keeps its crunch. It's got two kinds of sugar. <laughs> Cereal mascots, is that what we're drafting? All I'm saying is, you can't get away with the crunch, because the crunch always gives you away. No, we're not doing cereal mascots. <laughs> Much as I would love to draft Captain Crunch. I, again, I, I would take that with my first pick. And if we it were would doing be cartoon characters, I'd take Abe Lincoln again. <laughs> you just get him from Clone High, though. Yep. Okay. Um... How about we go... One-off Star Trek characters, Abe Lincoln. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, um... Tuvix. Continue. Yeah, Abe Lincoln cameos. Fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> no, 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 no. please, no. no. <laughs> please, no. How about important moments in Abraham Lincoln's life? I'm not prepared for that draft. <laughs> Why don't we hop into the TARDIS and, uh, head both to the past and to the future, and draft time travel locations. Destination. Time travel destinations. Time tra travel destinations it is? Yeah. All right. I've got first pick, and I'll have to think of something real good for that. There's a lot of options, a lot of places to take that. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back in time. I think I've already told the Huey Lewis story on pod. Yes, you so. have. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thanks as always to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. Uh, you can find their music at bandcamp.com. And feel free to shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse at gmail.com. Join the discussion by following us on Twitter at DraftTheVerse and on Facebook at facebook.com slash DraftTheUniverse. We'll see you next week. Chris, we gotta go back to the future. Saying Captain Crunch, I'm going to come back to this draft and make sure the Captain Crunch one. <laughs> oh, it's so hard to believe in the slow start. No one to believe. But more than that, um, Jack Harkness is a great leader to be under. If you, uh, 
catch my meaning. No, sorry. Uh, I'm talking. I'm talking about you know being uh, vulnerable and opening yourself up to your captain. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still not. I'm talking about butt stuff, guys. Butt stuff. What is butt stuff? My cousin listens to this podcast. I can't go on. <laughs> okay, so Javier wants to have sex with Jack Harkness. Chris, why uh, Why do you want to serve under your captain? Oh, pretty much the same reason, actually. <laughs> Come on, you gotta fucking laugh at some stuff. <laughs> I'm laughing. 